so I have fake teeth. One of them popped out a long time ago. It's been a whole thing. I'm a broken record. I'm sorry. I've run into you so many times over the course of my tooth problems. But I just want to say if my tooth, tooth problems po- pops out at any point during this, it's fine. Don't be, no, don't be alarmed. So it might pop out. I can feel it being a little loose. So if it pops out, I just don't want you to get nervous. Which... <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel like I feel like this is what Emma does before every appearance that no. she has to do for TV. She's like, I just want everybody to know I have a loose tooth. It may pop out. It may not. But I'm just warning just letting you. you know, things are good. Things are fine. But I hadn't for months. I haven't had to say that. It's But it's back, maybe. What happened? This, but it, it, the t- I had veneers and then I was veneers are like cosmetic fake teeth that they and when they make veneers, what they do is they whittle down your real tooth and then they put like a cap over it. Right. But your real tooth are whittled down to little nubs. Right. So the caps that I had put on them started becoming loose about six years after I had it done. And then one of them, my real tooth broke because I punched myself in the face. So I was taking a boxing class and I was doing the warm up where you go like this. And I punch myself not even hard but i did it at such an angle that the tooth broke this is about a year ago and then i i didn't run into you at any point this time then i got a dental implant and that didn't work and then that was in the summer that's when i started seeing you regularly and you would have seen oh okay what's going on what the fuck and then well i've already seen you with your tooth out but the oh the whole thing that sucks so badly is it got fixed Except for one of them didn't get fixed. So all I got all my veneers redone so there wouldn't be any more tooth problems because this has gotten insane. But one of them, one of the permanent, new permanent ones, they're remaking it because it didn't, it was wedged in too thick. Do you want to know something? Please. I'm going to say this and I, I rarely give out compliments because I'm a bitter homosexual. Oh, yes. However, if you hadn't told me that you had veneers, I would never have known. Thank you so much. These redone ones, these ones look fantastic. This is the one that's going to get like re yeah. totally thin. And this is the one that, that might fly out. Maybe I should just take this weird one out. I'm, are, are, am I going to get booted? Here. There it is. Fuck! See? It's out! You don't have to look at me. I'm sorry! Do you want to touch it? No, no I don't okay. want to touch your... Too. It's a light, once in a lifetime opportunity. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass on that. I feel I like this is what's gonna happen with Emma. I feel. Thank you for putting that. I'll clean it off on my table. Listen, when this all gets fixed, here. I'll put, when this all gets fixed, no, you can leave it. I'm gonna. I mean, it's already. It's <laughs> the table's already contaminated. It's just if anyone's having dental problems, you've got my heart and soul. Of I'm just so sorry. On that note, I am so excited to introduce my guest for this week's episode of O oh Oscar. She's an amazing, amazing comedian. You've seen her on My Crazy Ex Girlfriend. You've seen her on Comedy Central. She was featured on Colbert. Please welcome the ever so talented and amazing. Emma Willman. Thank you, Oscar. I appreciate that. Oh, my God. I'm <laughs> ecstatic to have you. Thank you for having I'm me. I'm ecstatic. All right, Emma, I want to start by getting into your background of comedy, why you pursued this career, and kind of get a little bit more, no, you know, a little bit more about who you are. So why, why comedy? I think, and I was trying to, I was thinking about that this weekend because I saw my mom over the weekend. I... I always used humor as a coping mechanism when I was a kid. 
and then I and I was definitely always like a class clown because I was always getting in trouble with I remember it was like the original special ed I think is timeout like I was always going into timeout like they're like Emma stop timeout and me and this other kid in my class we were always just like goofing around to entertain ourselves when we were in timeout but I never watched comedy but comedy but I was always interested in I was always interested in like words and in high school also didn't watch comedy I, I wanted to be in entertainment in high school I had no idea what it meant I was like I want to be in the music business and I loved pop music and I loved do you remember TRL oh my god ah, I loved TRL because I was so curious like what like music video was going to be placed and move up and I remember I was like I should be in the music business because I predicted that Britney Spears was going to be big by the time I saw her, she already was big. I saw Hit Me Baby one more time, and I was like, she's a star! And then in my mind, it was like, I discovered Britney Spears. Because, like, right before everyone was like, she's so famous, I was like, she's going to be big! So I was like, I should be in the music business. So I interned at a recording studio in Boston because of my talent scouting abilities. And, uh, I mean, this is like, I'm in high school, and I just would go get these guys, like, blunt rappers and hang out in the studio and then, so, but I never thought about comedy or performing until after college, I saw someone doing stand-up and I was like, I want to give it a try. But it's it's always like, there's the thing that makes you think you want to give stand-up a try, but then there's all the things I think that like intersect to make you feel comfortable being such, being such an outsider. And like, there was this moment when I started going to open mics a lot in Boston and my friends that I used to see regularly, I couldn't see anymore because I'd be doing open mics at night. Right. And I just, I remember sitting and thinking like, okay, I'm really changing, my life is, like I'm, I'm changing how I'm operating my life because now my f free time at the time is oriented around this and I'm not, I have to reconceptualize how I get to see my, my friends right. and family. And but then I just kind of kept, kept going with it. But there's got to be something that triggered you to pursue stand-up comedy. Because want, maybe anger? What was like your inkling that, okay, I'm, I'm going to start going to open mics because mm. there's got to be a thought process. And I don't know, maybe it's so long ago that you may may not remember, but there might, my thinking is that there's a thought process as to why, like, so I, I started studying, like being like, how does someone become a music artist? Like what's the, what's almost like this like manufacturing process here, like from writing a song to then doing a video, like how does that work? So I was interested in that, but I also was really interested in inventions so when i saw the comic doing stand-up i was like oh the person they've like invented themselves like they've created like they're the product almost when they're doing that so i was like i've always been like i was always like goofy and i loved hearing funny stories and for better or worse people would always be like like you're, you're funny but i don't know if it was always like a good thing. It was always like, right. you know, I mean, like, it's like, you've got talent. Something's go. Yeah. Something's going on. You've got talent. Right. Right. And it's like, you're like, stand up the bar for entry as you can, I guess with music too, but like you can go to an open mic. And so the, in the very first open mic I did, I remember, and now I don't know if it was cause I was drinking at the time, but that open mic went amazing. But then after that for like, a long time it was awful but yeah. that very first one for whatever reason it got you hooked it got me really hooked and interested and then i signed up for a class and i remember thinking okay there's three classes at this at uh it was called improv boston 
So 101, 102, and 103. So each class is a month. So in three months, I'll be a professional comedian. That's how I thought it worked. <laughs> and then I think into the Three second, months, folks. Three months, baby. Three months. And then I realized, I think somewhere in the second class, I was like, oh, that's not how no. this works at all. At all. At all. But I think, the, I think also I felt uh, like I was looking for a purpose because it was right after college. And I think... I don't know. In the beginning, it did feel like kind of like angry. Like it felt like I, I wanted. I it felt like I don't know. Like maybe I felt like I had something to prove to myself, and I felt very comfortable for some weird reason in the in the environment. Like I I felt comfortable at open mics. It's interesting because you did kind of find a way to do inventing, mm. but through verbalization. Totally. With comedy, you started doing open mics, et cetera, et cetera. Was there ever a point that inside it clicked that this is what you really wanted to do? I felt that really quickly on where I was like, this is what I want to do. But I was really, I remember after a like I was like, this is what I want to do. And I, I have this really vivid memory of riding my bike at home from an open mic. And I remember all of a sudden being like thinking about how am I going to get from living in I was living in this place called Jamaica Plain at the time outside of Boston. How am I going to go from renting a room in Jamaica Plain and working in, I think I was doing recruiting construction executives during the day, doing recruiting. It, it was, I was not so good at it. No. Recruiting people during the day and doing open mics tonight, like how, with no connections in comedy or understanding of how anything works, how many, how am I going to close the gap from being here to where I want to go? And I remember just being like, I literally felt dizzy because I was like, I have no idea how, and the answer is just to like keep moving forward, like keep yeah. trying. But I just remember being so, knowing I wanted to do it, but being so overwhelmed by the prospect of how big it was. And then just being like, I have to not think about that for a while. I just focus on smaller things in Boston. But I do, I knew that that was what I wanted to do because even though I was so overwhelmed by that idea, I was like, I have to go for this. But there's definitely been so many moments where I was like, oh God, I just want to, I wish I could, try something else or like yeah living in new after i was in new york for three or four years i stopped and went back to boston and i stopped doing comedy for like a full year because i was like interesting i was like i have to try to do something else like i have to try because i was like this is i just have to see if i can and then i was working and in boston again and then i remember i got laid off because i was doing sales again didn't sell anything and i was like i'm gonna try I'm going to try and I moved back to New York and by some like bizarre shift of events, I got on this like local cable access thing and then I used that clip to start doing colleges. And then so like within that year, that's when I started doing comedy, like traveling and touring. But it was a big jump because I hadn't been doing comedy professionally at all. And then through colleges, I started doing it. Emma, thank you so much for what? sharing your background in comedy. I think it's an absolutely fascinating mm. story. I want to move on to the main portion of O oh Oscar, and that is where I ask my guests what their first gay experience was. So, Emma Wellman, what was your first gay experience? This is my So I thought about this cuz I thought is it going to be the first time I had like sex? No. I think my first gay experience, this was so, it was, to me, it was just so gay, was I used to make this friend of mine, Josh, we would, we would take dolls, porcelain dolls, 
and we would go like out into the woods. I lived in Maine and I was like really into playing in the woods. And I would, we would like make out with the dolls and have them be our girlfriends. And we did this for like three or four years when we were little. And then at a certain point, he started being like, are you sure you should be making out with a girl doll? Like, do you not make out with a boy doll? And he was super cool about it. He was like, I don't care, but like, don't feel like you need to make out with a girl doll because I am. And I was like, I want to too. And that while that was happening, this friend of mine, Harrison and I used to Google boobs because we saw like Ricky Lake. How old were you? We were like... The Googling boobs was maybe a little older, but we were young. It was just we'd seen on Ricky Lake. People were showing their boobs. So we would like look it up on the Internet. And I remember we were both like and he asked the same question. He was like, he's like, Is it, you don't mind looking at boobs? Like, And I was like, I want to. So I feel like that was the first like moment I felt like, OK, something's maybe different from like the norm here. And this is looking at boobs, making out with porcelain dolls, <laughs> trying to lift up their skirt. That was pretty gay. No argument in this corner. Pretty gay. And I I was a pretty. No argument in this corner. I was pretty like that. Those are the, the, that's like the very first like real freaking gay. And I, and I never want, I was always like so set on, I hated wearing dresses. Not that lots of gay women love to wear dresses, but I was like, no, like I, no, 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 no. And I, and also I would always, I I would always try to I remember once trying to pass as a guy to convince this girl that she should go out with me too. I remember I was probably like in like fourth or fifth grade when I did that. Really? Mm-hmm. It was a friend of my cousins and they were like blah blah was coming and they're gay and I was or they, and they're bisexual and I was like oh. and so for some reason I was like well, why don't we dress up as a guy and everyone tell her I'm a guy and I'll try to like we'll see what happens. So I remember they were using like male pronouns and but it, it wasn't like passing and then they were I, we told her i was like actually i'm a girl and she was like okay like why did you lie why did you say you were like what's going on like she was like just like kind of concerned and i was like i think i'm i kind of forgot about this i think i told her I, that i thought i was maybe gay then i was like i'm gay and confused and then i like ran away so that was actually almost like the first time i realized i was gay and then i didn't even let myself realize it again until years later but i really mm-hmm. But I was pretty young then. I think I was like 11 or 12. So what's interesting is I will say a few people that I've talked to about their first gay experience, mm-hmm. especially the people who are of queer background, they will share a story about them being young and having a queer experience and then suppressing that. Totally suppressing it. Until a later time and then almost having anxiety and regret. Mm. And then realizing at a later time that this whole suppression was them actually trying to not feel the true feelings that they really should have. So repressing it. Because I remember thinking too, I was like, I was like, it, like making a deal with myself. Like, if you are gay, which I knew I had, I was, because I kept saying, I was like, well, I, I knew I didn't want to have se- heterosexual sex. So I was like, I'm going to say I need to wait till I'm married. And I was like, dead set. I'm like, I have to wait till I'm married. And my parents are like, why and I was like it's the right thing to do and they're like you don't seem that moral in other areas but I was like it's we have to I made my friends have a pact with me that we would wait till we were at least 18 to have sex my poor high school friends were all straight and they're like got fucking gay ass me being like we gotta wait (laughs) and then now in retrospect they're probably like this motherfucker I remember I had this one friend and she's like I really want to have sex with my boyfriend like I love him and I was like we're not 18 and then she did at like 17 and I was like how could you do that like i was like sex shaming my poor friends because i was suppressing i i was just suppressing that i knew i was 
gay. Right. But I I was trying so hard because I was like, I know I don't want to have sex, but maybe once I start having sex, then I'll love it and want to have straight sex, but I know I don't want to have straight sex. So I didn't, it was very confusing. And you I were in conflicting. Very. And I used to, I had boyfriends, I would give them blowjobs. Really? Yeah. Yep. Cause I, but I didn't like, it wasn't for me. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, not a lot of women enjoy doing it. So it's not like you were... If I were straight, I hope I would. I mean, it's not I, like you were a minority in that one. But I would think if I was straight, I would like. I'd hope I'd like. I mean, it, if I were straight, no, I wouldn't. If I were a, like a gay, a, pe- a man, like a pe- biological man, I would be a gay man, and I would hope I would like. I'm trying to figure out where your brain is going right now. Like, if it's were, actually a lot of fun. If I were literally bi- just, you called out three genders in a matter of 15 seconds. She's like a man, but I think I'm a woman, but a woman, but a man with a penis, but a man, woman with, and I'm like, all right, I need a vision board. Yeah, we need a vision board. <laughs> I need a vision board. If I were a man, I would be a gay man for sure. So that, and I'd hope I'd be given lots of blowjobs. But if I were a straight girl, I'd hope I'd love giving blowjobs. I will say this, as a gay man who gives blowjobs, yeah. they are a wonderful thing. Because it's, it's pleasing your partner, so I'd, I'd be all about that motherfucking blowjob. So then question for you. I want to get back to your childhood real quick mm. and talk about your identity as a kid and how you mentioned that you kind of had this, if I may say this, kind of like a tomboy demeanor. So tomboy. Oh, my God. Now, was there ever any time where your parents kind of had a question of this demeanor? <laughs> and do you think... Emma, in some way, they knew. So my dad says he knew. So my dad was like, he was like, I knew. And I ended up living with, my parents got divorced and I did, I lived with my dad primarily. And he was like, we're from a really small town. He's when he was like, I knew you were gay. I had conversations with members of the LGBTQ community and discussed with them that I thought my daughter was a homosexual and, and they confirmed it or something like that. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Who did you talk to? Because I love a, that there was a community co- he talked to. So I said, who, who did you talk to? And then I got it out of him. He talked to a woman named Sue. He, there was one. I was like, so you talked to Sue. Because I was like, I know the one lesbian you know. Did, is that who you're referring to? He was like, yeah. And he was like, I, I said I thought maybe you were gay. When she met you, she said she definitely thought you were gay. And I was like, okay. So it wasn't like a whole... Because I was like, did you show up at some like group event? Like I was trying, I didn't know what he meant, but that's well, how he made it sound. I want to say this. I think that you need to work Sue into your comedy <laughs> and then your special should be called A Woman Named a Sue. A Woman Named Sue. And then my mom said she was surprised. But my mom did ask me when I was, I was young, young. She was like, do you think you need to, she, she, she said she doesn't remember this. But she goes, do you need to change your gender? And I was like. What? Because I was so into playing um, husband and wife. Like I was like, I love playing husband and wife. And I'm the husband, I'm the husband, I'm the husband, I'm the husband. And my mom was like, you need to change your gender. And she's a really good friend who had transitioned. And she was like, you know, I know how that works. And it's important to be in your... I'm really lucky. My parents are very I was going to say, your parents, from what you've told me... They seem really so progressive. progressive. And that's actually really cool. I feel very like blessed for that. Yeah. And I and I remember, even though my parents were so progressive, I remember when I officially came out to my dad, I remember saying to him, I was like, if you have a problem with this, like me being gay, I will do everything I can to like reconsider it. And at this point, I'm like out. I have a girlfriend. And so that's like my heart goes out to people whose parents are. Because like even though my parents are so progressive. Yeah. I still asked my dad that. And he his answer was so incredible. He was like, 
when I said that, he was like, what do you mean you'd rethink it if I had a problem with that? I was like, I'd do everything I could. And he was like, he was like, I think we've got like two options in life and it's either to be yourself or not. Yeah. And he was like, and if you're not, you're going to like, like you're dead. Oh, and I was I like, love I that. know. And I was, I was like, okay. And he's like, so even if I said I don't like it, what would they like what would you do and then i remember he was like but don't cut your hair short or something like that something like that <laughs> you know just a little bit of a just, <laughs> just a but, little bit of a, a dig di- you but know? this is year this is a long long uh but i love that you know it was very they were it was very sweet but it was i was still like i was still so scared yeah so i really feel i mean it's just a very like scary it it does feel hopefully it's less becoming less and less scary emma thank you so much thank for you. sharing that absolutely fascinating mm. first gay experience Anytime. i love delving into that we're going to move on to the next portion of oh oscar which is one of my favorite segments it's called dicks appointed where i ask my guests when they've ever had a wild or crazy or maybe embarrassing hookup stories so emma would you like to share a dicks appointed story absolutely i got one right for you okay i love it let's go okay so it was about seven or eight years ago I had this girlfriend and I remember I was she she was like she had like a really like powerful job and I felt really like embarrassed of that I was a comedian and I was just starting to get shows and I was like going around doing colleges and I remember I had a show out of the city and I got this like this nice hotel room which cost way more money than I was getting paid but I was trying to like impress her yeah so we drive out of the city and we maybe had sex a couple times and I remember we check in at the hotel and she's like, wow, this is incredible. I'm like, yeah, you know. And then we go to the show and it was like, I think it was at a, it was at a restaurant in a strip mall. And I was like up in front of the fry later. Yeah. So like while I'm on, there's like grease literally like hitting my back <laughs> and it's for like four people. And, uh, you know, God bless the situation. Like my back was fried. I've never been the same. It's a mess. So I'm like, we're going back. I got to fuck our brains out, make it all right. That's what I thought, which and sex is between two people, you know, not who. So I was like, I'm going to really try. And I remembered this partner because right before her, I had been with someone I really connected well with sexually. Right. But then with her, I felt like I really couldn't figure her out. Like she right. was I remember she was like, she's like, I'm not into verbal and I'm not into like it wasn't like there wasn't like a kink component. So I was like, OK, how the chemistry I, was off. The chemistry was off. And I really liked her, though. Like, I really liked her. So I was like, I want to figure out how to do this. Right. So I had bought um, Icy Hot and I had played around with it with partners before where I would never again, never after this experience, where sometimes I would take a little tiny bit of the Icy Hot and I would, I would put it, a, this, I hate to even, but you know, you know how like a vibe vaginas are? Like, what? you know where like, can you picture where like the clit is? No. Okay, so, so it's, it's, it's. You're asking me. I'm sorry. To imagine so, <laughs> a body part that I have maybe seen once. You said you watch straight porn. Or twice. Yeah, but I don't watch that. No. I watch the other part of I straight porn. Yeah. So, so <laughs> uh, my biggest thing about straight porn is watching the men undress. Oh, that's so interesting. Oh, that's so hot. Oh, that's so. I, I like watching. Like, I like seeing the girls wanting to get it. Yeah. Get it. I like, yeah. and I like them talking. Oh, daddy, love it. Yeah. And okay. I, I don't care how fake it seems either. Like, there's this porn star, Crystal Lust, I love, and like my girlfriend was like, she's so fake, and I was like, what? Because I really did think it was real. Whatever. It's, it's she, icy hot. It's so icy hot. 
So where the clit is, you don't, you would never put this directly on someone's um, yeah. clit. You want to put, I would put it kind of around the area slightly. So like the sensation of it is it just kind of creates like a little bit of like a sensation. I had fucking read it in some book. And I had done something like it before. I think before in the... Mm. Icy hot. The... the What? what Like what icy hot? You like it's a it, cream? It's a cream that you okay. use for your muscles. So now, just for the listeners, it's a cream. It's a cream that goes from icy to burning hot. Now, now where I was messing up was in the past, I had forgotten that how I actually used it was... I think I had just taken some of it and like rubbed it on the my girlfriend at the time's inner thighs. Yeah. So that sensation was creating like a slight like mentholness in the air around her vagina that was maybe a little stimulating. Now, and that went well. So now I'm trying to impress this other girl. I overdo it. And it takes a second to catch on. So I'm taking Icy Hot and I remember I had it on my hands and all of a sudden she's like, hey, ow, ow. And I'm like, fuck. And like all of a sudden it's like really hurting. She's like, it's burning my pussy, like ow. And so I run and I take a washcloth and I start like wiping her pussy off. But it was the same, I guess the washcloth because of the Icy Hot on my hands. I'm like rubbing more and more Icy Hot. So then we have to like prop her up in the bed and I'm like putting air in it. And she's like, you're making it worse. And then like we're taking a pillow and I'm like trying to pat her vagina dry. And like, she's like, I'm in hell. And what you don't she's want. She's not on fire. It's Oscar, it gets, re- it does get really hot. You've never tried it before, but it's like, especially because it was like on her. Somehow I was like touching her skin, and then I didn't like do it right, and then I got it like too, I got too excited. And I put too much on it, got like direct like in her in her, and it was like a big problem. So the whole rest of the night was like us trying to get all because if you put water on what was now like a freezing cold situation, it was like it's like it hurts. So that was the night, and that was pretty fucking embarrassing. And she was like, have you ever done this before? And I was like, <laughs> it went better the other time. I love how you were like, yeah, yeah. Not yeah, like yeah, this. Yeah. Uh, uh, Fucked the intense. whole thing up. Yeah, I really, I thought I had, I thought that that was how you do it. And also you're supposed to use a natural Arnica cream, not actual Icy Hot. But I like couldn't find it, so I used the Icy. It was. <laughs> you improvised. I improvised, and I fucked up. I fucked up. I love that Dick's Appointed story. We're going to move on to the last segment of Oh, Oscar. And that is... Love it. You're going to take a spin on the wheel this is of amazing. Gay DHD Q&A. So what you're going to do is you're going to go ahead, give her a spin, and we'll answer some questions. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Spin it harder. <laughs> the last person that came on this podcast spun it like this. And I'm like, okay, you know. No, 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 no. no. Give so it a crank? This is a, this is a wheel. Oh. I've screwed this bitch in, so okay. you can spin. Give like, her a okay, spin. Okay, ready? Yeah. There Ooh. you go. All right, let's see. Oh. oh so Emma... If you were to have a career besides comedy, what would it be? You know what I think about all the time when I get frustrated sometimes? I'm like, fuck this. I'm going to just go open a food truck. And I picture myself having a food truck and like it being really successful. But there's a couple problems here. One, can't cook. Two, disorganized. Three, I think the customer service would take a real nosedive if I was sleepy. So it's like, I don't know why I think I can do this, but that's my fantasy when I feel like bad or discouraged. I'm like, fuck this. Like I'm going to go open a food truck. Or maybe, but maybe I get like a franchise. I think, can I give you a suggestion? Please. After you make your Netflix money 
which you're going to do. Sure, sure, sure. Right? right? After you get Become your, a dentist? No. <laughs> After you get your Netflix money and your whole specials and everything like that, I think you should open up a food truck. I mean, I would be totally down. Wouldn't that be fun? Absolutely. If I think you, it'd be and fun. then you just called it Emma's. I'd love it. I think it'd be so fun. Is it was like, is there a certain cuisine you would do? I would love to do like hand out like protein cookies or cookies. Maybe. All right. Well, maybe fix it. Okay. Find another career. <laughs> Not another cookies. Cookies. <laughs> Oh, Emma. So important. I mean, you made the food truck sound so fabulous, okay, what, and then you're like protein cookies. What about uh, what about lemon bars? Protein lemon bars. I just open up a bakery. What about what about? When I think of food truck, I think of like s- s'mores. Okay, there we go. Now we're cooking. Now wouldn't that be Ooh. fun? Wouldn't that be fun? A s'mores. What if truck? you called it Emma's s'mores? I think it'd be so fun. But the problem is like. One summer, I did. I sold blueberries. I'm always. Eat, I was always eating them. People yeah. were coming up to the truck. I got blueberries all over myself. I couldn't do the change right because of the dyslexia. Like there was a lot of like problems with me doing that. So <laughs> I'd have to get help with the food truck. But that's what I think it would be. Are you sure that's all you need help with? And, Emma? And the- okay, just wanna <laughs> just check that one out. Just. To- you know what? Just a, a, a gauging question. That's all. Uh, all right, give it a spin one uh, more time. Ooh, it's kind of therapeutic. It is, right? Yeah. It is kind of fun. I'll laugh if it's the same question. Oh, Emma, what is one of your oddest pet peeves? Okay, this is a little weird. When people cross the street, you know, like I always like thank the car when I'm crossing the street. I Like the car has stopped and I thank it. If someone, if I'm driving and I'm stopped and someone doesn't thank the car, I get very irritated. And I'm like rude, even though thanking the car doesn't make any sense either because it's like, I don't know what I'm thanking them for. Not killing me, but for some reason, when someone doesn't do a thank you, I get very irritated. Do you get irritated when you hold the door open for someone and they don't say thank you? I'm bothered. I get quite bothered. I get bothered. Now, this I, the other day, there was a woman with a baby stroller. I go up. I open the door, of course. And then as she's leaving, someone like scuffled. They were like, what? They were like, I'd say like, 50 scuffles away from the door and they scuffled out the door and they didn't say thank you. And I found that very irritating. Do you say anything? Didn't. Should I have? Mm. I think I probably went big. I usually just do a, you're welcome. Really? Yeah. Good for you. How could you imagine not saying thank you? I think I'm going to say this, and this may be an unpopular opinion. Yeah. There are a lot of tourists in this city right now. But wouldn't they still say thank you? And I think a lot of them are not used to like the politeness that we would actually find, even though I, a lot of people would think that New Yorkers sure. are rude. But honestly, what's funny is I find that New Yorkers are actually friendlier than the tourists. But don't you think in their small town they would have, like if someone opened the door for me in Maine, I'd think they'd say, do you think maybe it's because they're like in New York, so they're like New Yorkers are assholes, I'm trying to fit in. Right. Oh. All right, spin it, it one more time. Okay, ready? Yeah. Emma Wallman, if you could trade places with any celebrity or politician or entertainer in general, who would it be? Oh, my God. That's such a good question. Oh, I feel like maybe – I don't know. this Because I, I don't know if I would be – I don't think I'd be – I'm not saying I think that I would be able to carry the weight of the responsibility, but I think it'd be so fun to be – I want to say Oprah, but – 
Because I'd love to do some kind of like morning talk show thing. And I feel like if I go right to Oprah, then I could like downgrade into a morning talk show and get or maybe someone on The View. Oh. But no, I would say Oprah or James Corden. I know they're pretty different, but that's what it, I think it would be. Or maybe Obama, because then I'd go say hi to my mom and she'd like lose her shit. She loves Obama. Let me ask you this. Yeah. James Corden, mm-hmm. pre-cats or post-cats? <laughs> I didn't see cats, but from what I've heard, pray. Was it that bad? Let's just say I think they should have had a euthanizer on set. Did I, was it just the worst thing it ever? It was probably the worst wow. thing. And then who was it? There was um, Jason Derulo. He, apparently, he's got a really big dick. He played in, he was in Cats, and they said that you could like see the outline of it in his outfit. Oh, wow. This is just things I've just I read. Maybe it was like a blog written by I him. I was but. too busy uh, laughing hysterically. Wow. Through most of it. it was really bad. I was on a podcast the other day, and we were talking about Cats. Uh, oh, I was on the podcast, What the Fuck is Up? Yeah. And uh, I had such a good time, and we were actually talking about Cats, the movie, and I basically was like, this was... This was Judy Dench's probably final career movie. Judy Dench was in it? Judy Dench was in it. And I was like, this is how you want to go? This is how you want to go. In cats. It was that. I need Playing to see with it. your pussy in cats. You've made me want to see it so badly now. You've literally done so. You, she's literally done so many amazing movies sure. that it's kind of like epic and then she's like you know what i'll do cats did she get paid a ton you think i don't know i hope so i hope she got paid a ton either so. that or she fired her agent absolutely something had to happen and i'm gonna watch something it now had to this is happen. the ad cats actually needed was you saying all that because it's like it piques the interest i think if there is a movie that's so bad out there that they should stop advertising it as an amazing movie mm. and just advertise it as probably one of the worst yes. movies you have ever totally. seen. Totally. That should be a genre on Netflix where it's like, it's just fucking sucks and let's just get into it. This sucks. This sucks. <sighs> Emma. Thank you. I love you so much. Likewise. Thank, thank you, you so much me. for coming on Oh Oscar. It was an absolute delight having you. Thank you for having me. I'm sorry about the tooth. Don't uh, worry about it. Not... I think it's amazing. And probably one of the best episodes I've done. I'm honored. Thank I'm, you. I will say that. I've had a wonderful time. Likewise. Emma, where can people catch you? I'm on TikTok and Instagram at... I, t- uh, TikTok is I am Emma Wilman and Instagram is Emma Wilman. That's where I'm at. Wonderful. And then on your Instagram page, is there a link tree or a website yes. that people can come? Yep. Right in, my, right in my um, bio, there's all any like tickets or uh, for tour dates and all that info is right in my Instagram and TikTok bio. Perfect. I love it. Thank Please you. Please check out Emma. You can find her on TikTok and Instagram, and she's touring all over. She'll be in Kissimmee, Florida. June 3rd. June 3rd, so make sure. I don't know if we have any Florida listeners. I know we have, like, St. Bart's. Ooh. I think we have, like, two in Nigeria. Incredible. Yeah. Well, it's all on my Instagram and my TikTok, so find out. You'll, uh, hopefully, I'll see you then. After this very homosexual episode, I'm wondering if the Nigerians will stick yeah. around. <laughs> I'm just going to say This is what did it. Yeah. The, the I'm wondering. Story. Right. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Uh, the cheesecake story. Emma, thanks so much again. And for our listeners, please tell your friends. Have them listen. Have them subscribe. We love it. I love having you. Thank you so much for being a part of this. And I will see you next Friday. Bye.